Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope that you are all well. Before I get started, I would like to give a very special shout-out to the Patreon members. Tavia S., Victoria Dyer, Tina Mee, Nancy Wallace, Mana Ash, Interscare Wifey, Felicia Scott, Cindy Cleveland, House of Jen, and the rest will be right here on the screen. Thank you all so much for joining the new membership. If you would like to become a member right here on YouTube or would like to become a Patreon member, or if you like what you're hearing and would like to support a content creator such as myself, you can buy me a coffee. All of that is in the description box below. Now, it is time to go back to ashes. For when we arise from the ashes, we are bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in to get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Creepy Encounters. Right after this introduction and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play, and after that, there will be no more ads within this video. I'm a 25-year-old female, and when I walked into my apartment building today, there was someone sitting in the lobby and asked if I could give them money for the train, since they were locked out of their apartment. We have to scan into our apartment building, so I assumed he lived there. He said that there was an ATM on the next block, and I went over and got the $20 that he asked for to give him. He told me he just moved into the apartment and ask what unit I was in, so that he could return my money back, which is when my alarm bells instantly go off. I wrote down my Venmo for him instead, and then he tried to give me a hug, but I denied it and quickly walked back to my apartment building. I'm honestly terrified this could have been a sort of sex trafficking or kidnapping plan, and that I was in danger. I seriously hope I never see that creepy dude again. My roommate doesn't drive, so in order to get to work, she almost always gets a ride from her co-worker. A couple of days ago, she's waiting outside our house, and her co-worker seems to be running late. After waiting a minute or two, a car pulls up and the driver says he's her Uber. My roommate says no, she didn't order an Uber. She's waiting for her co-worker. The driver insists that her co-worker order the Uber for her and to get in the car now or she'll be late to work. My roommate calls her co-worker to see if this is true and her co-worker says she's just down the street and don't get into that car. The fake Uber driver immediately drives off. I've heard plenty of stories of people encountering fake Uber drivers. What's incredibly creepy about this one to me, however as every fake Uber story I've heard has involved someone waiting for a ride in a busy place, an airport, a bar, a club, etc. Places you would expect to have a lot of people waiting for rides. This happened right outside my house. Is this a common thing? Are people known to drive around neighborhoods looking for people who look like they're waiting for a ride? I used to work as a cashier at a local grocery store when I was a teenager, back in the 90s. 
I usually worked the closing shift on Fridays and Saturdays. There was a rough-looking old man that would often come in to purchase a few beers. He was obsessed with Nostradamus and claimed he was able to predict the future and that he knew when the world was going to end. Normally, I just ignored him, but one night, when I heard him talking to a cashier a few lanes down, I snickered to myself and said, What a f***ing whack job. I don't know how it happened, but suddenly, that man was standing right in front of me with this creepy, intense stare. He simply said, You're going to die tonight in a horrible car crash. And then he turned and walked out of the store. I don't know what it was about how he said it, but it freaked me out. I called my mom, crying, and she offered to come pick me up and drive me home after my shift. She said he was just a crazy guy and to pay it no mind. I never saw the guy come in again. Obviously, I did not die in a car crash that night. But, since then, I've been in seven car accidents. None of them were caused by me. The most severe one happened in my 20s. I was T-boned in an intersection by a drunk driver. The car flipped a few times and landed upside down. The friend I was with passed away. I had to be cut out of the car. I remember coming to as the paramedics pulled me from the vehicle. I was surrounded by shattered glass and so much blood. I thought I was dying. I almost did die. When my mom got the call, she thought I was dead. It's honestly a miracle I survived with only minor injuries. The words of that guy still definitely haunt me to this day. I had a memory resurface recently, which I had to double check with my mom for reassurance, and she confirmed it's unfortunately true. It was triggered by someone on the street outside my job, peeking inside through a very small window. They were harmless, but the sight of their face suddenly reminded me of a memory I had long forgotten from the first house I lived in as a child. We moved out of this house when I was six years old. A fence was built around it until I was old enough to start walking, but my parents were still always weary of letting me outside until we moved away. I used to resent it, but now I think I understand why. Apparently, we had a neighbor a few doors down who was a registered sex offender. He had been required to notify his neighbor via his social worker when he moved in. He had a habit of doing odd, off-putting things around the neighborhood. He once sprinted across the street and left a human-sized dent in our neighbor's garage door. He had also walked into another neighbor's back door, trembling, and asked to be held by her. She kicked him out and called the police when she discovered he also had an erection. I found out a lot of this through researching his name after my mom confirmed my story. I also found his Facebook page, which included a photo of him, and sealed any doubt in my mind I had imagined it. His face was as clear as day, the man I remembered. The sight of him, even through a screen, immediately made me nauseous. My memory tells me that I was sitting in our living room watching TV, 
when I felt someone watching me. It was the middle of the day, and I turned to look out our front windows to see a man with his face and hands pressed against the glass. That same man I saw on the Facebook page, he was smiling at me with huge eyes and even more alarmingly huge grin. I remember being scooped up in someone's arms and carried away into another room. My mom confirmed this would have been my grandma, who was babysitting me at the time. To this day, I'm still glad that we moved away from that creep. This isn't super creepy or terrifying and probably, unfortunately, pretty common for most women. But this was my first encounter like this and has really stuck with me, so I thought I'd share it with you. When I was about 18 or 19 years old, I worked as a cashier at a grocery store. I was not by any means a super attractive girl. I was short, a little chubby, plain looking, had acne had frizzy hair, never wore makeup. I also have bad social anxiety and can come off very socially awkward. I don't say this to fish for compliments, just to say that I don't think this guy was just really attracted to me and didn't care about boundaries. I really believe the reason he messed with me is because he could see I was shy and got off on intimidating me. Ugh. Anyways, one day I was at work, ringing out customers as usual, when a man, probably in his 60s, came up behind my register and put his arm around me, laying his hand on my hip. He then put his mouth right to my ear and asked me very quietly if we sold sunglasses. I froze. I couldn't move for a few solid seconds. I was so uncomfortable and felt so violated. Somehow, I managed to call my manager and ask if she knew where the sunglasses were. I was so relieved when she told him to follow her and he did. I thought that would be the last I'd see of him, but unfortunately it was not. He came in at least three more times, always waited in my line, and while he never came behind my register again... He would constantly tell me how beautiful I was or how he loved my hair or whatever random creepy thing he decided to say that day. Thankfully, I don't work there anymore and have never seen him again. Anyway, not the most dramatic story, but at 18 and very socially anxious, it scared the hell out of me. Wherever that guy is, I hope he has a terrible day and maybe steps on a Lego. This maybe happened a year or two ago. I can't remember exactly. I was on my way back from university and passed through the shopping center as I needed to make some purchases. Some background about me is that I'm a very paranoid individual. I tend to look around a lot and I keep an eye out for any creepy behavior. I noticed this very tall man who was dressed all in black with headphones on, walking towards 
the same flight of steps as me, and I immediately stopped before we collided, as he was walking incredibly fast and with a lot of force. I glanced up and we made eye contact for a second, and I can't remember details, but he just did not seem friendly. I quickly made my way down the other flight of stairs. They were a couple of stairs. It was a weird building. And immediately he was right behind me, and I could sense his presence. Or perhaps it was because he was incredibly tall. Even if I wasn't considered short, he was seriously tall. It was if that small glance was an invite into occupying my personal space. I made a beeline to what us UK folks would call the meal deal section. I guess in this moment, I felt it was a safe space due to the open space and I saw a woman in the corner. As soon as I stopped, he stood right behind me, heavily breathing and centimeters away. I didn't know what to do, aside from making sure I was near members of the public, and I just stood still like a statue and stared at the floor refusing to make eye contact and give him attention. A few seconds passed, and then he let out this villainous laugh. It was so creepy. Then he walked off. The worst part was, I told a member of staff, and I was pretty shaken up. She said she would tell someone, and before I could give a description, she just walked off. Didn't even ask who it was, even though it was busy, and could have been anyone. I don't know if anyone finds this creepy, but in that moment, I felt so small and scared. I hope this never happens to me or you ever again. So... This happened, I want to say, around the year 2012 or 2013. Me and my mom lived just by ourselves in my grandmother's old house. After she had passed away in 2009, it was just us. My mom had the habit of leaving the house and visiting family really often, since my entire family lived in the same town. Sometimes I would go with her, and sometimes I would just stay at the house and play games on the PC. One night, in particular, that I was home by myself, I can't remember if I was listening to music or on the game, but it was almost 11 at night, and I had gotten a knock at the door. At the time, we had four dogs that lived in our house, and all of them started going insane barking. This wasn't abnormal, as they would bark at the neighbors if they saw them out of our living room window, getting out of their car across the street or heard anyone within a five-mile radius talking. My bedroom happened to be at the front of the house, with a window directly facing the porch and the door. Because of that, I was able to take a slight look to see who it was, and it wasn't someone who I had seen before. My mom never had people come by the house often, but there have been a few that came over to talk to her, or see if she was home. Not usually super late, but I ran with it and didn't think twice about it. I thought it was just one of her co-workers coming by to see if she was home. I opened the door and I was greeted with a guy, I'd say early 40s, 
wearing a brown work jacket and light blue jeans. So he definitely looked the part of someone who was from the factory that mom worked at. I opened the door to see what he wanted, and he said something along the lines of, Hey, how's it going? And some small stuff here and there. It's hard to recall too much of the small talk, but he did ask something like, Is anyone else around or just you? That might not be entirely what he said, but it did skate along those lines. I was still under the impression at the time that he was a guy that my mom knew from work. So I told him that, Yeah, right now I'm the only one here. My mom went to my cousin's house, but she should be back soon. He said some other things, like his name, I think, and he said that he had recently moved here from Indiana, and he was going around to each neighbor's house saying hi and introducing himself. I told him, Yeah, around here that could get you shot, since it's not normal to show up at someone's house to introduce yourself, let alone this late at night. He told me, yeah, where I'm from in Indiana, it's normal for people to do that. He said his goodbyes and left. The car that had been running and sitting outside the driveway on the road looked like a decently new car, so I didn't think much of it at the time. I figured I wouldn't really have anything that the guy couldn't already afford, so as far as a burglar, I figured I was in the clear. My mom got home about 30 minutes to an hour later, and I told her about it. It wasn't really until her reaction to what happened that it really sank in. I'd never seen that guy again after that encounter, and I wasn't sure what he was after. My mom told me that I was lucky that maybe the guy didn't barge in. Almost all four of the dogs were right there with me. Each of them pretty protective, as they always are. They all keep an eye on the guy as we talked. Maybe he was telling the truth and it was just a harmless encounter out of the ordinary. But I still think about it from time to time. And I always think about, what exactly was he doing at my house at 11-something at night? I grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s. I spent a lot of time outside and I loved all animals, including bugs, frogs, and lizards, etc. My little brother played a lot of sports, so on weekends, I was always dragged to his games. And after school, I often had to attend his practices. It was soccer season and I had to go with my mom to one of my brother's soccer practices after school on this day. I was probably 8 or 9 at the time. It was at a local park surrounded by some wilderness and some hiking trails. I liked this park because off to the side of the soccer fields was a creek with frogs and stuff. I'd love to go over there and look at them and try to catch them, blah blah blah. It was evening time and the sun was setting, but there was still plenty of light left. I told my mom I was going to go down to the creek to catch frogs. It was down the hill slightly from the fields and obscured by some bushes and shrubs, but there was a clear dirt trail that ran alongside of the creek. So I scurried on down there and was carefully studying the creek looking for frogs, when suddenly a man's voice startles me. 
What you looking for? I look up and see a middle-aged man, dressed in typical office or business wear, button-up shirt, slacks, dress shoes. He was standing on the trail, blocking my route back to the soccer fields, looking at me and smiling. I was a shy and cautious child, so I just looked at the man and didn't reply at first. My spidey senses were already tingling, and I remember feeling nervous and uneasy. I sometimes saw hikers on the trail by the creek, but his outfit and appearance told me this wasn't a hiker. He then asked me, Are you looking for butterflies? I saw some down there. As he points further down the trail, away from the soccer fields. I just said no and started looking around at what my options were. I felt the need to get out of there. Fast. But, as I mentioned, he was standing on the trail which was my route back to the fields. There were thick bushes on the hillside between the trail and where the fields were. I started making my way up the rocks to the side of the creek towards the trail, further down from where he stood, and to my alarm, he started moving down the trail toward me. Need some help? He said. I was now starting to panic. Although nothing had happened and he seemed friendly, it just felt wrong to me. I just got stranger danger vibes. I remember feeling a burst of adrenaline and fear. I shouted, No! and booked it up the rocks, across the trail, and crashed my way through the bushes towards the soccer fields. I remember the branches scratching me, but I didn't care. I literally scrambled my way through them till I came up to the fields and then sprinted over to where my mom was watching my brother's practice. I probably looked like hell, so she of course asked what the heck happened, and I told her. I felt like she thought I was just being paranoid, though. I'll never know if this guy posed a real threat or not. He could have just been getting some fresh air on his way home from work. Who knows? I just know it felt really creepy at the time. When I was 16 or 17, I was coming home to Brooklyn from a movie in Manhattan with my friends. I was the only one who lived in BK, so I walked home from the train alone. I was used to being out late by myself. I had a midnight curfew, but I frequently broke it because I thought nothing bad would ever happen to me, despite an uptick of and assault in our neighborhood at that time. This night, however, I was actually slated to get home on time for once. It was the summer after I graduated high school, and I was feeling amazing. I had a little to drink and a little to smoke, and I felt like I was on top of the world. It was so hot out. I remember that I was wearing this long sheer cape thing with a very tight and revealing little dress underneath. Not that anything would have probably been different if I'd been wearing uh, shorts and a t-shirt. However, because of my fun little outfit, I was feeling myself and being so stupid, taking selfies while I walked down the dark streets and listening to music with both headphones in, not paying any attention to my surroundings. I think I even sang as I walked. 
I got to my building after finishing my 10-minute walk from the train and walked up the steps to our apartment. We lived in a brownstone with apartments in it, and ours was on the third floor. We had a gate at the bottom of the steps separating us from the sidewalk. I pulled out my headphones and began to fumble with my keys at the top of the steps. Just as I had found the correct key, still humming to myself and thinking about my great night, I heard the latch on the gate clink, as if it were being opened. I turned around and I saw a man standing at the gate, staring up at me. He was young, probably early twenties, wearing a gray hoodie with the hood up, covering part of his face. But I could see his eyes, and immediately I knew something was off because of how blank yet nervous his expression was. One hand was on the handle of the gate, as if he were about to completely open it, but stopped once I turned around. Somehow, my fight-or-flight instinct didn't kick in yet. It was probably the alcohol. I cautiously called down, Can I help you? And he didn't respond. I looked him over more closely, and realized then that his other hand, the one not on the gate, was moving. Fast, low, near his waist. I registered that he was touching himself, gasped, and within milliseconds, he was sprinting up the stairs behind me, reaching out his hand to grab me. My brain clicked into place and I started screaming at the top of my lungs as I jammed my key into the door and slammed it behind me. I ran up the stairs to my apartment, screaming for my dad, not even stopping to make sure the door was locked thinking that if he followed me upstairs, he'd soon be met by my very tall father and our very loud dogs, who slept in the bedroom right next to our apartment door. As I looked over my shoulder while tearing my way upstairs, I saw his face pressed up against the glass window, still watching me, but now his eyes were furious. I ran into our apartment, still screaming to my parents to call the police. My dad went downstairs and looked around, but, of course, he was gone. The police came anyways after my mom called and came upstairs to take my statement so they could make their report. The two cops who showed up asked me to describe him, and I did, and they said they'd cruise around looking for him, and regardless of if he was found, a detective would call me soon to make a more detailed report. And they never called me. There were many more rape and assaults that continued to take place in my neighborhood for the rest of the summer. I shudder every time I think about what would have happened if I hadn't taken out my headphones before I began unlocking my door. I don't know how long he was following me for. And as far as I know, he was never caught. From that point on, for those last few weeks before I left for college... I would call my dad and make him meet me at the train station so he could walk me home safely. Now, as an adult, I am far more cautious than I was as a teenager. I am always extra aware of my surroundings, especially at night, and I don't look at my phone while I walk home. I'll never get the image of his blank stare as he lunged towards me out of my head. I will never forget the feeling in the pit of my stomach as I realized that he followed me home, 
watching me and touching himself, and was now waiting to strike. It was like being a deer realizing it's being stalked by a tiger, because the tiger accidentally stepped on a twig and gave itself away, right before it could pounce on its prey. Thank you so much for listening to my story. I hope this story can serve as kind of a lesson for people, especially the young ones. Always be aware of your surroundings, even when you think you're in a safe place. I was literally right on my doorstep, but so close to danger. It sucks that young women have to worry about this shit like this, even so close to home. We shouldn't have to, but that's just the way this messed up world is. I live in a small town, and a few years ago, our local market had taken up new owners. They fired all the employees and completely redid everything, including, obviously, hiring an entire new staff. At the time, I'd been a regular for around five years. It was super convenient because I lived right down the street. I didn't have a car then, so I shopped there daily, sometimes multiple times a day. I had built up a report with the original owners, who were elderly, and banter with the original employees, older locals. I only knew one person's name because she asked after a year of exchanges, and turned out we shared the same name. But that's about where any passing relationships ended. Moving forward, new owners, reopening, new staff... I got a new car and my business there wasn't as frequent but still pretty consistent, needing a drink, snack, or missing ingredient for dinner. I'm a relatively friendly person, but also super anxious, especially with men I do not know. So when the new staff came in, I would wait in line, smile, say hi, pay, say thank you, and dip. They were all friendly, but one cashier was a little too comfortable. He would lean over the counter. When I said I didn't need a bag, he would put my stuff in one anyway and touch my hand. I don't know, casually? When handing it over. It made me feel super awkward and off. I also did a local yoga class, and after class, me and the other women would go get drinks at the market and walk around to catch up. The creepy cashier would always make weird conversation about our class. I stopped going for a little bit. Then my car decided to stop working, and I had no choice but to start frequenting the market again. The creepy cashier was excited to see me and asked where I'd been. I don't remember what I said, but I just kept it casual. Over the weeks, he creeped on me. He never asked me my name. But it asked if I was married. He saw my ring. He also asked a million times if I had Instagram or Facebook. I glazed over the Instagram question by saying, I haven't had Facebook since high school, which was true. Sort of bypassing lying about not having an Instagram. It usually worked and ended our conversation. Finally exhausted, evading his questions... I caved when he asked again if I had Instagram. I said yes and that I don't really use it a lot. 
Oddly, during that transaction, the register was on the fritz. My card wouldn't swipe, so I handed it over and he manually added the card and I was on my way. I went home, made dinner, put on something to watch and scrolled on my phone. I saw I had a friend request and my jaw dropped. It was the creepy f***ing cashier. I instantly lost my appetite and felt so uncomfortable. After deducing he got my full name off my debit card and then looked me up made me sick. I denied the request. Several hours later, another request, along with a message. Whatcha up to? Denied the request, ignored the message. Over the course of two days, there were multiple requests with multiple messages. How are you? How's your day? Hey, heart emoji. Trying to engage me in conversation with multiple selfies. Who in the hell sends multiple selfies? I continued to ignore him and then finally blocked him. I ended up talking to a friend and she said she always felt uncomfortable and that he tried to walk her home one night. He stopped working there a couple of weeks later. Apparently complaints were made. Shocker, I know. In retrospect, I should have been more direct or no nonsense in my responses with him but I felt so anxious and uncomfortable, especially since it was down the street from my home. Before I get started, I'm sorry if this is a long story, but I felt the need to share my experience. So, about two years ago, I lived in a townhouse with three other young women. It was all of our first time renting a place and living away from our parents, unless you count college dorms, which I kind of don't. We were all pretty young in college, and three of us, including myself, were working part-time, mostly night shifts. When we weren't doing school or work, we enjoyed participating in typical college student activities. We weren't fans of big parties, but we often had friends over or went to other people's houses to hang out. The way our townhouses were laid out was a little weird, but I will try my best to explain it as it is relevant. Basically, when you turned into our parking lot from the street, there were two townhouse buildings on either side. Ours was a little bigger than the one across the parking lot, and we had the unit closest to the street at the very end of the row. Across from us was a smaller one that shared the parking lot, but was managed or owned by a different person or company, and I think the people that lived in those units were all related, or at least knew each other pretty well. Additionally, our townhouses had a fenced-in, gated backyard that we shared with the other units in our row. Our landlord said the gates should remain closed when not in use, to try and keep non-residents out of the yard, but there were no locks on any of the gates, and the one on our side was pretty janky anyway. We had a sliding glass door that opened into the yard, which, notably, didn't actually lock properly, and just had a metal rod in the track that kept it from opening. Lastly, our place had three bedrooms, 
At the front of the house was the largest bedroom, which two of my roommates shared. They generally kept their door open at night, because one of them had a cat who liked to roam at night, and she wanted him to be able to get in and out. Again, this is relevant. In the back of the house were two smaller rooms, which were occupied by myself and my other roommate, and both of our windows overlooked the backyard and the little patio we had out there. On to the story. The neighbors across the parking lot were always a little bit odd, but at the beginning, we didn't have any major issues with them. We had a lot of old, broken-down cars in their assigned spots, and in the yard, they never moved, and the cops seemed to show up at their place a lot, but we never called anything in. There were some noise issues now and then. Mostly, we could hear them screaming at each other, and I always worried about it a little bit, because there were a few kids in the house. But, at the end of the day, there was never anything that could be proved, and we kept to ourselves, so they never really bothered us. We did our best to avoid them, but the dumpsters were shared between both buildings and were at the opposite end of the parking lot from our unit and had a lock on them, so some contact was unavoidable. Mostly, they would just be sitting in the broken-down cars or on lawn chairs in the yard, and they'd just watch us throwing out our trash. We generally avoided going to the dumpsters alone or at night because it was just weird and uncomfortable. The first creepy thing was in early September. One day, one of my roommates and I were going to a concert. Right before we left, we went outside to have a CBD smoke. This was before non-nicotine smokes were 21 plus in my state. And I noticed that there was a massive spider web between two of our patio chairs and a pretty big spider on it. I mention this because I noted the way our patio furniture was laid out. We got back late, probably about 2 a.m., and pretty much went straight to bed. Our other roommates were already in bed, asleep. About an hour later, around 3 a.m., I was woken up by a loud banging sound coming from out my window in the backyard. I listened for a while, but didn't turn on my light or look out the window because I didn't know who or what was out there, and I didn't want to attract attention to myself. I was pretty freaked out, to be honest. There was a lot of banging and scraping outside, and it went on for a while, probably about 10 to 15 minutes, which felt like an eternity as I was just laying in my bed listening. Eventually, though, it stopped and I went back to sleep. The next morning... I asked my roommate, whose room also overlooked the backyard, if she had heard anything, and she too had been woken up about the same time, and she too had sat and listened but not looked because she was scared. We did a little looking around outside, and I noticed that the patio furniture had been moved around and the spider I'd seen the day before was gone. Also, when we closed the sliding door we realized it sounded like some of the banging we had heard. We put the metal rod that kept the door shut back in the track and pretty quickly realized that the rod was just a little too short. This meant that when it was in the track, you could get the door open just an inch or two 
before the rod stopped it. So the banging that had woken us up the night before had most likely been somebody trying to open the back door repeatedly. We tried it, and it was the exact same sound. At this point, we were pretty freaked out, but nothing had actually happened, so we did our best to let it go. One of my roommate's dad bought us a couple indoor security cameras, but the whole incident honestly slipped our minds after a week or two, and we didn't end up setting the cameras up. We were having a lot of issues with one of our roommates at the time, which is a whole story in and of itself, so it wasn't a huge priority. About a month later, at the beginning of October, one Friday night, two of my roommates were home, and me and the other one were out. We had curtains over the sliding door that we closed at night for privacy, but they were still somewhat sheer, and you could kind of see through them if the other side was lit up. When I got home pretty late, one of my roommates who'd been home swore up and down that she'd seen someone looking in from the other side. But when she got up and walked across the room to turn on the porch light, nobody was there anymore. This was the roommate we had issues with, and she was very flippant in the telling of the story and had a notable history of lying for attention. So I genuinely can't say for sure if this actually happened, but I can't rule it out either, given what happened the next night. The last thing that happened was also the scariest. The next night, we had all been out at various points in the evening, as it was a Saturday night and none of us had work. My roommate, whose room was also at the back of the house, and I got home first after getting dinner with some of our friends. The next one to come home was the roommate we were having issues with, and I distinctly remember locking the front door after she came in, as she had a habit of forgetting to do so. My last roommate came home at about 11.30 midnight-ish, and we all went to bed shortly after that. I don't remember any of us locking the door after she came home, so we must have assumed it was locked as most of us were pretty vigilant about it. I even remember thinking that I wasn't sure if it was locked, but I also remembered locking it at some point, and I got confused and went to bed assuming it was locked, since I was pretty tired. Looking back, I wish I had just taken the minute it would have taken to go double-check. First, I'll tell the following events from my perspective. I woke up, I think at around 2.30, 3am, to bright lights flashing through my window. I sat up and looked outside, and there are several cops with these big, super bright flashlights in the backyard. I could hear them telling people to stay inside. At this point, I remember being mildly entertained by the whole thing, as we had kind of sketchy neighbors and lived in a slightly sketchy neighborhood, and I was just wondering who had done what this time. I picked up my phone and saw that the roommate, whose room was on the same side of the house as mine, had texted me about 30 minutes prior, asking if I was up. I texted her back saying that I was and also mentioning that there were cops in the backyard, as I assumed that was the reason she had texted me. I don't remember the exact wording of her text next, but it was something to the effect of, I know, I called them. 
She explained that there had been somebody in the house and that she was in the other roommate's room with them and that they had called 911 and I should stay put until the cops came and got me. At about this time, I heard them entering downstairs. I always had my door closed at night and I checked under my bed and in my closet just in case, so I was pretty sure I was alone in my room. The cops came and told us there was no one besides us and them in the house anymore. They asked us a couple of questions and informed us that the front door had been unlocked upon their arrival, and they found no other potential point of entry, since the metal rod was in the sliding door track and it couldn't be opened from the outside. Notably, nothing was stolen, despite our car keys and wallets being on the kitchen counter and loose cash being on the dining room table. There was plenty of really easy things to steal just out in the open that hadn't even been touched. There was a hutch that was in the downstairs hallway that was broken. It hadn't been broken when we went to bed. The roommate who had texted me then told the cops her story. We were all pretty freaked but she was the most freaked out. Apparently, she had been up late with her door slightly open since the cat had been in her bedroom when she heard the same banging from before and then soon after, footsteps downstairs. At first, she assumed that it was one of us since there were so many people living in the house and we were all kind of night owls. However, the more she listened the more she didn't recognize the footsteps. This is probably about when she texted me. She said they were a lot heavier than most of our footsteps. For a while, it sounded like someone was just wandering around downstairs. Then, the footsteps came up the stairs. At this point, she was pretty sure it wasn't one of us, and she had her knife in one hand and her phone in the other but she was afraid to try and call 911 or wake any of us up because she didn't know who was there or what they were doing, and she was afraid the intruder had a gun or another weapon. She heard him walking around in the upstairs hallway, looking in the bathroom, and also in my other roommate's room, whose door was usually open at night, likely watching them sleep or something. My door was closed, and he didn't try to open it. Selfishly, thank goodness. He then tried to nudge open the door of the awake roommate, since it was already slightly open, and she panicked and turned on her phone flashlight. She caught a glimpse of him before he ran away, a tall, younger guy who was not white. That was all she saw in that brief moment. He bolted, and she heard a thud downstairs, which was probably him running into the hutch and breaking it. And my roommate ran across the hall to the larger bedroom and woke them both up. They locked themselves in their room and called 911. They did later apologize for not waking me up, but they were panicking and my door had been shut the whole time, so I was definitely less at risk. None of us slept a wink for the rest of the night, and we all called our parents since we didn't know what else to do after the cops left. We were pretty sure we'd accidentally left the door unlocked. 
We set up the security cameras right after that, and I purchased alarms for all the doors and downstairs windows that, when turned on, would beep loudly and continuously when it was opened until it was closed again. I actually ended up moving out about two months later, partially because of this, but also because of the issues we were having with the one roommate. I cut off contact with the problem one, but remained close to the other two. The whole thing was really freaky, given the previous incidents and the fact that nothing was stolen. We really didn't know what to think, and we thought that it was more than possible that at least one of us was being stalked, and a lot of people in our lives agreed. We think the guy had been in the house for about 20 to 30 minutes before he was scared off. We were all hyper-vigilant, and when I moved, I installed security at my new place as well, and ended up getting a dog. Fortunately, there were no other incidents in the time I lived there, or afterwards. The answer to the whole situation came a few months after I had moved out. One of the previous tenants accidentally had important mail of some kind sent to the townhouse, and my former roommates were able to get in contact with her and have her come pick it up. They got to talking and told her the whole story. Apparently, the sketchy neighbors from across the parking lot had a son who was schizophrenic, and I quote, he would just get out sometimes. The previous tenants had a lot of issues with him, apparently. He would regularly try to get into the house when he was having an episode and didn't seem to know where he was. It was relatively harmless, save for being something of a nuisance. Importantly, the description of the guy matched what my one roommate saw. They were able to agree on a few details about his appearance. The most likely scenario, as of now, is that the neighbor's son was trying to get into our place, not knowing where he was. When we left the front door unlocked, he was able to just wander right in and wander around the house. However, when my roommate shined her flashlight on him, it spooked him and he ran for it. As scary as the whole thing was, now it just makes me sad to think about this poor guy, who's clearly unwell and not getting the help he needs. We'll probably never know for sure what happened, but the moral of the story is to always double-check your door and make sure it's locked, and to just be vigilant because you never, ever know. To this day, I am still pretty vigilant about security. I no longer live alone, like I did for some time when I first moved, but if my current roommates are out of town or something, I almost always have my boyfriend come stay with me because I hate being home alone at night. Thank you for listening to my story. Once again, please stay safe out there. This happened only three weeks ago. I've thought about it often, and I know without a doubt, me and my patient were almost prey to a predator. I work for my state. I work with people with substance abuse disorder, the mentally ill, and to a lesser degree, those with slight developmental delays. My role with the developmentally delayed is similar to a lower-ranked social worker, one thing I have to verify is that the participant 
is able to achieve their own personal goals set for that year, similar to an IEP in public schools. One of my patients has a goal to walk and or hike at least one mile three times a week, which I made my visit to her home. Walking and hiking was what I need to see her achieve, so she took us both on a walking and slight hiking trail nearby. Her and I are actually similar in age, our 40s. As we were walking the trail, we got to a point that was much more isolated. We were no longer walking the trail that loops around a neighborhood pond with many people, but we were on a trail that took us through the woods and a cotton field. Her and I were walking and talking when she suddenly stopped walking. I looked at her and... Just as she went to say, I have a bad feeling. I had an overwhelming feeling myself that someone was watching us. Due to her development delays, I felt more concern for her welfare than my own. It's hard to explain, but I didn't feel fear. I felt a feeling of protecting her. I looked behind us because I heard the sound of Lee's crunching and sure enough, a guy who looked to be in his 30s is suddenly coming out of the woods and he's slowly creeping up towards us. There was no one else around, so for this guy to magically come out of the woods and creeping up, I knew whatever he wanted was nefarious. I told her to continue walking, giving her a head start. I don't know why I even did this, but... I just completely turned myself around, stopped, and I looked straight at him. I just stared. I didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. But as soon as we locked eyes, it was as if he realized, now they know I'm back here. Because he froze and stopped walking towards us. I kept staring at him. Then I started to walk back towards my patient. So he understood my eyes were on him. Then, as I walked backwards, I looked over to see my patient, looked back at him, and he disappeared as fast as he came, back into the woods. If he were just wanting to walk this nature trail, why did he stop as soon as I turned around and stared? Why wouldn't he just continue on his walk and pass us? This guy was clearly waiting and watching for a woman, or women, to go down the isolated trail for him to come out of the woods when he did, it was clear to me that he was out hiding and stalking. I will forever be convinced that my patient's bad feeling and my feeling of being watched saved one or both of us from whatever that man had planned. Just for background information, I was 17 and my boyfriend was 19 when this happened. I'm now 23 and this whole experience still haunts my boyfriend and I. Back then, me and my boyfriend's relationship was not accepted by anyone in either of our families due to the two-year age gap, although we had met when he was only 17. This being said, he and I often would sneak out in the middle of the night to see each other. On this particular night, my boyfriend and I decided that we would go run to get food and then eat at the park. 
Everything was going good. We got McDonald's and then parked and ate. Once we were done eating, me and my boyfriend chose to walk around for a bit. We sat on the swings for an hour, talking and enjoying each other's company. After a while, we noticed lights coming from further into the park's field. We got up to get a closer look, but when whoever was there saw us stand, the flashlight turned off and they ducked into the woods. Me and my boyfriend passed it off as two stupid teenagers, just like ourselves, sneaking around at the park at around 2 a.m., not wanting to get caught. We carried on with our night, talking until we saw the lights again, this time a lot closer. We called out and got no reply back, but again, the person turned off their flashlight and ducked down where we couldn't see them. I was beginning to freak out as my boyfriend was getting annoyed, thinking it was a kid trying to prank us by scaring the shit out of us. We got up to check around the area, stupid I know, and saw that whoever was there must have left. We went to the spot where we saw the person lay down, and there was an imprint of a body there. Whoever was there was taller, maybe around six foot two. I convinced my boyfriend to take me home after that, but as we were walking to his car, we heard footsteps a few feet behind us. We turned around and saw the light again. Me and my boyfriend then booked it to the car and sped off. We were able to get a slight glimpse of the person as we ran off. And what's more chilling to me is he was indeed not a teenager. He was an elderly man with a bald head and white beard. We told the authorities the day after. We still don't know what happened to that creepy man in the park. I was walking down the street to my local grocery store when this random guy riding by on a bike says, Hey, and pulls up in front of me. He immediately asks where I'm from. So I told him the general area of my hometown and he goes, Oh, I only ask because I can see you're holding a lot on your face. You look sad. I'm like, what? He then shakes my hand, tells me his name, which I already forget because I didn't care and was creeped out, and that he's originally from Miami. Then he tells me I'm beautiful and asks for my phone number. I just kind of look around, shake my head, and start stepping away, and then he says, I know you're gay. That's what made me stop in my tracks. With everything going on these days, it kind of scared me. I didn't know what to do. I just said, Okay. He goes on to continue. I'm not gay. I used to be. I'm not anymore because I hated myself for it. And again, I don't know what to say, so I'm just like, okay. I'm just standing there straight face listening to this guy and wondering what the hell is going to happen next. And the whole time, he's sitting on his bike and holding about $75 in his hand like fanned out, right in the open, which I noticed and thought was kind of weird. He asked for my phone number again, and I just say no. 
He looks around and says, Oh, all right. He seems disappointed, and his face changes like he just dropped a character or something. I begin walking away, and he keeps yelling in the distance. Bye. Thank you. Thanks. I turn around and give him a wave and then keep walking. I thought I was going to see him again around town, but I never did. I wasn't rude to him, and he wasn't rude to me and I'm not sure if he could tell I was sort of worried or not, but the whole thing felt super off and creepy. From telling me I look sad to immediately asking for my phone number, then saying all that weird stuff about gay people, all the while sitting there looking around suspiciously with $75 fanned out in his hand like he was ready to give it to me. I don't know if he was trying to get me to join a church or something or if there were other people in on it, and he was waiting for me to take my phone out to get me distracted, or if he was just a weirdo. Does anyone know of things like this happening? Like if this is a common scam or a setup? If anyone does, please let me know because I'm still creeped out by this weird dude. And that, dear listeners, is the end of these true, creepy encounters. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, I'll read to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.